Welcome to the Wander Learn Show. I'm your host, Franz Tapon. In this episode, I have Fabrizio Beberina, who I actually met in the capital of Niger, which is called Niami. And he and I uh, hung out together for several weeks, uh, thanks to our host, who was, his name was Mala. And uh, he was trying to repair his car. I was trying to repair my car. And a Portuguese mechanic was trying to do it. And it was a disaster. Yes, uh, near at the edge of the desert, looking for repairing the car. By the end, you sold your car, and my car died in the desert uh, like one month late. One month later, you know, in the middle of the desert on the road to Chad, boom! The engine broke in the middle of the desert. It was uh, it was quite tough. <laughs> yes. The mechanics yes. of Africa. Uh, Africa wow. has a wonderful way of killing cars. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Especially, wow, they have no spare parts. Uh, complicated there, you know. I, I, I do understand, you know, the problem. But still, you know, wow. was a kind of adventure for the car. So I will give a quick overview of your life. You've been traveling for over 30 years you've uh, gone to maybe 60 countries you tie you try to go to countries that are off the beaten track and you've gone on mongolia on horseback you've done the silk road you've done the trans-siberian railroad you've gone on motorbike around the himalayas uh in the balkans in south america always on motorbike you visited some of the stans in central asia uh you when you were in africa you were doing tattoos and now you are traveling inward on an inward journey and I'm curious if it was COVID that inspired this inward journey because you're trying to become a shaman in a jungle in Peru. Yes, for sure the COVID uh, gave me uh, the occasion to not to move, you know. Usually I feel very nomadic. So after six months I stay in a place uh, I need, I need, I have something inside my heart that it tell me you have to move, you have to move. But during this coronavirus time, I stayed two years uh, in Peru in, uh, with the shaman. And then uh, there I had the occasion to explore uh, other uh, worlds, you know. So this new world that uh, ayahuasca, this medicine from the jungle, is open me to. And uh, yeah, I found it very interesting, you know. I tell you, uh, you know, my background, I was a scientist for 10 years, you know. And this religious, spiritual thing was always out of my thinking you know i never was interested in these things and i never believe in miracles and uh, magic and this kind of uh, thing you know and now living with these people and see these things happening it make me very curious you know with still with this researcher mind you know that i always have uh, to to explore things you know to go on the unknown tell us a little bit about your scientific background Yes, uh, for uh, 10 years I was a researcher in uh, brain-computer interface and uh, emotional affective computer. So I program artificial intelligence uh, to recognize uh, the brainwave of the person and control a screen. More or less what Elon Musk is doing now. I was starting this uh, like 20 years ago, even more. And then uh, I made uh, two startups uh, about uh, emotional learning. So. I made an artificial intelligence that can interpret emotion and give to the child the right uh, lesson that keep him uh, involved, uh, interested, you know. This was uh, my scientific background. Really, uh, 
biological based, you know, because I'm interested in emotion, in uh, psychology, in brain, but very scientific, you know. Things have to be proven, repeated experiment, uh, experiment, experiment, and, you know, go like this. At the moment, you know, instead I'm, uh, I see things that uh, I tell you my science cannot really explain yet. I think in the future science will get there. I don't believe science is not limited, it's always an evolving thing. So science is going to go there. But at the moment I'm having experience that, uh, wow. So Fabrizio, you're, you're a paradox, I thought, because uh, when I first met you, I looked at you and if, if nobody talks to you, the first thing you'll think of is that you're a hippie because you have long hair, because you kind of the way you dress, uh, you know, you kind of look like a have a Rasta feel. And, you know, somebody heard that you did ayahuasca, all these things that would quickly categorize you as a hippie. And then yet one of the first things you told me when we were talking to each other in Niger is Francis. I hate hippies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What to do? Yes, it's there. I have uh, these dreadlocks. Uh, yes, I do have. Uh, but uh, I'm very far away from uh, the hippie way, you know? Uh, I, I feel like a scientific person, you know? I, I'm close to the nerds. I'm closer to the startupper, you know? I want to do something. Hippie don't do for me. I want to do, I, I want right. to uh, explore, uh, do things, you know, not just enjoy life, uh, you know, smoking a joint, uh, yeah, peace and love, you know, it's not my style. But there was another reason, Fabrizio, you also said that one of the things that bothered you about hippies is that you said they're always, they always talk about sharing and sharing and share the love and share this and share that, but they never actually give anything to you. They're like, they're always taking, taking, taking. And you're like, <laughs> that's the part of the hippie culture that you didn't like. Yeah. So it's funny because if somebody looks at you, they think you're a hippie, but actually your mentality and your way of uh, looking at the world is not stereotypically what we think of in the hippie way. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. This is a compliment. <laughs> so, exactly. So tell me a little bit about um, your journeys that you've been on. Like, for example, I know you've had so many different journeys, lots of crazy ones. Your car broke down in the middle of the Chad Desert. But tell me about, for example, what have you learned about driving a motorcycle in remote places? Uh, if you had to do yes. it all over again, or if you listen to yes. somebody and say, hey, Fabrizio, I want to go on a motorcycle all over South America or Central Asia or something like that, what would you advise them to do? Buy a second-hand motorbike. Why? Because uh, nobody is going to be interested in your motorbike. So you're going to be safe wherever you park it. You know, if you buy a brand new fancy motorbike and you go in poor country, you, you look too rich. And so people is like less generous. You have a problem to park your bike because it looks too fancy and people start to get too much interest in your bike, you know? So it's better for me to keep a low profile, keeping something that is not so shiny, shiny. And, uh, and, uh, and they tell you also in most of this country, there are no great road, you know, they are always kind of messy. So if you cannot, even go fast. So don't buy a big uh, motorbike, buy like a 200, 150, it's enough. You know, you don't need to go fast. You need to enjoy more and explore, you know, you need only a, a way 
that brings you wherever you feel like to be. You know, for me, this is the beauty of the motorbike, that I, I see a road that is not uh, my road, that is not what I'm planning, and it looks interesting, and I say, okay, let's go. I have with me my things, you know, my sleeping bag, my tent, and then, uh, you know, I can stop wherever I want, I can go wherever I want. A big, heavy motorcycle also might be more difficult to push through mud and yes. sand, right? Yes, big motorbike... Uh, consumes much more when they fall down uh, to rise them is you know when you have 200 motor killers motorbike and you do some off-road maybe your motorbike fell down so it's also get complicated you know so uh, I, I feel like something and also uh, having something fancy maybe no, not everybody can repair it you know stay on the standard of the people look what they use you know, and use the same. So you have a motorbike or a car that everybody knows how to fix it. You know, it's a standard bike. If you buy something fancy, European imported, maybe the moment you have a problem, nobody knows how to fix it. And this is was also my problem in Africa. You know, I came with a Jeep that was not common there. So when I need the spare part, big problem you know the people have to invent things but then you know everybody's improvised mechanician there no one is really with the proper knowledge so boom disaster you know <laughs> there is always some problem with second-hand motorbike i learned to take this as a new input you know so i i stop in a place that it was not on my road wow let, let's see what's happened here you know maybe there is something to explore so don't take it negative when you have an accident. Take it positive, like a, a new possibility, you know, a new way to look at the reality. You will never stop there. Now we are here waiting for uh, the, your bike to be repaired. And like this, I tell you, very interesting experience start to happen. You know, you end up in a place that you never want to be there. But then you discover very interesting people there, new experience, you know. Uh, I tell you, I met a strange shaman. Uh, Mayan shaman because my motorbike break there and the mechanician say you are interested in these things I bring you here I met some narcos that I will never go and meet a narcos but they see me with a, a broken bike and then they get interested in me they help me so I can say oh wow, I talk with the narcos they're not so bad people you know when sometimes they are generous you know and uh, so I give you more possibilities you know you need when you travel for me, we need uh, to get less stuck on our plans, you know, and uh, let's see what's happening, what uh, the world is bringing to us and not accept, not think, oh, fuck, is against what I was thinking, uh, it's not what I want. No, let's start to see, no, maybe it's interesting. Let's, let's change our point of view. Let's find it. Maybe there is an opportunity, you know. This is a Japanese I think in Chinese, a problem has the same character of opportunity, you know? So it's not a problem. It's just a new opportunity, you know? We not just need to change our point of view and, you know, enjoy, you know? And then ask what you can do. Or you get pissed off uh, sitting with the mechanics complaining about the unla un how unlucky you are. Or you change your point of view and say, wow, let's see what this mechanic had to show me. Maybe he's an interesting person. For sure, he lives in a different reality from what I'm used to. So maybe let's explore with him uh, this uh, reality, you know? 
and things interesting can happen, you know? And that ends this episode of the WanderLearn podcast, where we explore travel, technology, and transformation. If you'd like to see the show notes with links to what we've talked about, go to wanderlearn.com and click on this episode. If you'd like to connect with me, just remember F Tapon. That's my first initial and my last name. F Tapon is always my social media username. My website is ftapon.com. Do you want to leave me an anonymous voicemail where you can make a comment or ask a question? Then go to speakpipe.com slash ftapon. Furthermore, if you'd like to get rewarded for supporting my projects, then go to patreon.com slash ftapon. That's where you can pick up some remarkable rewards for as little as $2 a month. Now, five quick favors. Number one, subscribe to the WanderLearn podcast. Two, download it. Three, share it. Four, review it. And five, sign up for my newsletter at wanderlearn.com. Our theme music was composed by Eric Stratman. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.